1: This episode of Culture Vulture is brought to you by our favorite sustainable period care company, Hello Period. Chiara e Tifano and welcome to
0: Live What is it? <laughs> Culture, vulture, vulture, no. your favourite. Oh. Oh, oh,
1: yeah. i just just doing yeah, that the other way around. On.
0: Your bonafide favourite.
1: <laughs> your bonafide favourite,
0: Was Is it bonafide or bonafide? Did we talk about oh. this before?
1: Okay, now bonafide. fide Sounds, Sounds fun. too
0: funny. Fun.
1: Oh, but like in the way my, that you were like, no, Liv. <laughs> yeah, just didn't even let you get sorry. into
0: it. I am a bona fide bitch. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, your absolute <laughs> favourite, favourite, favourite podcast you've ever listened to. Because in your we have life. such swish uh, intros. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have such smooth intros. Swish and swift.
1: Um. <laughs> um okay, so, Liv, first of all. I've yeah. got a bunch of things I feel like I just... Oh. We all know that I don't have it in a monologue, so they're just sitting there waiting <laughs> for me to, like, say somewhere. But first of all, we're going to introduce uh, the co co-pupper of today. Yes, we are. Because we didn't do that last week, and it really just threw us in it, it did. So what are we talking about today, Janet? Uh So
0: the co kaupapa for today is musicians and their mental health. Basically, mental health within the music industry and why all of these musicians are starting to cancel their tours... Interesting conversation. There's a lot of studies that have come out recently okay. about the dire state of mental health in the music industry. So we're going to go into that. But first, Lewis, before we do get into that, what describes your week?
1: So I am just going to do what describes my morning.
0: And I don't actually have a
1: certain thing, but right. it's just like my morning. It's more of a
0: tale. A tale yeah, it's your more morning. of a tale.
1: It's just what has been thrown into disarray a little bit. First of all... Um, not that any of you asked, but my wisdom teeth are still really sore. <laughs> I'm going to the dentist right <laughs> after
0: this. I feel like I can sort of see you, like, oh, clenching your jaw. And I keep going like this. Yeah. You can't see that I'm rubbing my no, cheeks. I feel... <laughs> rubbing them bonafide. I'm
1: bonafide <laughs> rubbing them. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, we've just got that going on in the background. Second of all, like, I'm having a really bad hair day, which just tops it oh, off. I don't think so. You, yeah, but you have to say that, because the people can't <laughs> see... <laughs> Um,
0: but... I think s- it looks quite, like, lush. Oh, thanks. Yeah, That'll I've been look. thinking that ever since you got it cut. Oh, okay. Anyway, carry on. Okay.
1: So, it like, the morning's actually fine. First of all, this is all basically a big first-world problem, but Liv rung <laughs> me. Liv rung me this morning... And it's quite a nice day, so I was going to bike this morning. Quite a nice day. It's quite a nice day. It's quite nice day. Well, it's not raining. And no. That yeah. means quite a nice day in Kat and Absolutely. In Kat and Kim land. Um, but then Liv rung me uh, to tell me that, or well, she texted me asking for a favour, asking me to pick her up. Why, Liv? Why did oh, you need me to pick you up?
0: Look, and this is classic me, like, I should have done something about it last night. I didn't. Should have done something about it two days ago. I did not. <laughs> Wakes up and thinks, fuck. Fuck, how am I gonna get to work? <laughs> so basically what happened is I accidentally recycled <laughs> my Air
1: We took plastic for each life to like the, the biggest extent. It's August, so we're really just we're recycling anything we can.
0: Honestly, it's plastic. It goes in, even though we know that it probably ends up. 90% in of it doesn't
1: even get recycled anyway. <laughs> but we do eat a FBOS card-sized amount of microplastic. <laughs> so I thought I could just
0: shit it out and use it. Anyway. <laughs> you Anyway, I went to be the good citizen that I'm trying to be and went and put my um, soft plastic recycling in, like, the bin in the supermarket. And I'd used my FBOS card, like, five minutes before, and then I no longer had it once I put all of my soft plastics <laughs> in the bin. So I'm just guessing that I put it in with it. So... I also have not set up Apple Pay because I'm a lazy piece of shit. Um, And so now I have no money. I asked Lucy to pick me up because I had no petrol in my car and I had no money to put petrol in my car to get to work.
1: And so I was like, obviously, it's never an ish to, like, go pick someone up, especially Liv, who was literally going to drop me home yesterday. Like, it's fine. That's not the problem. The problem was that, like, I was going to bike and then – I don't like leaving my house past about 8.15 because yeah, the traffic the traffic's heinous. is just despicable. And I haven't been in traffic in so long because I'll either leave before 8 or bike. Mm-hmm. And so then Liv, one, luckily one of her flatmates, had a new postcard that she could go and fill her car up with. So that was fine. She texts me saying, I'm not going to – I don't need a ride anymore. I was like, cool. So then – I drove to work because it was too late to bike because we had this podcast recording, and I sat in traffic for like forty-five minutes. The
0: traffic this morning was horrific. Was it worse than usual? Oh, it was way worse than usual. It was the backup was like way down the street. It was
1: disgusting, and mm -hmm. and. One thing about me that's getting worse as I get older is I get so bored. And in my mornings, I need to be productive because that's when I'm, my brain is on. And I was sitting there for 45 minutes, like, literally losing my mind. Were you listening to a podcast? No, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, focus on I did uh-huh. put on Camp Rock
0: in the end. <laughs> because <laughs> the one thing that no, will I'm, calm the nerves.
1: <laughs> I was, like, shouting in my car, like, screaming, <laughs> we remember different summers. Like... <laughs> And so that was fine, but the traffic was like ruining my life for that little period of time. Were you getting
0: road rage? Or yeah. No? yeah, and I don't
1: usually, but Ooh. it was just I hadn't experienced this in a while. And then I got to work parked in a controversial car park, which I don't think I'm actually allowed in. And then my, again, first all, problem, my flatmate had very kindly dropped me to the airport the other morning, bought a coffee and had left it in the car, and oh. then it spilled when I was... Oh, so I was getting, I've got my antiseptic mouthwash with
0: me and I was getting it out of the cup holder. bear in mind that the pain of Lucy's wisdom teeth is running in the background this entire time. Bear in mind. Um, How do they forget to No, literally, you've got to know all my suffering.
1: So I was grabbing my Savicole and I accidentally knocked over Hayden's three-day-old coffee cup in my car didn't have anything you know how coffee stinks your car off fuck yeah so, a bit of milk and it, yeah it's probably mm-hmm. happening right now and so i had to wipe it up with one of my fabric masks <laughs> and like <laughs> I was just like trying to come and record this stupid motherfucking podcast no. And I was just like, like, "Oh, oh it's God.
0: all because of love." To be yeah, fair, sorry, I shouldn't have even been driving. Too- I'm no, <laughs> I deeply apologise. That's bullshit of me, and the fact that like I didn't even need you to pick me up anymore. It's just like <laughs> no, it, awful, truly, truly. No, so you've fine. got a stinky car. Oh, you might be getting a car ticket. ticket.
1: And then I looked up, and my warrant of fitness is expired.
0: <laughs> so, like, seriously. <laughs>
1: I'm oh, going like a goblin.
0: Goblin mode. Anyway, love. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little snotty today.
1: <laughs> I can just see her like as she laughs, she's excreting. No. Don't, don't. You told me about don't. my bed here, today. Shut up. <laughs> I was
0: getting you the fuck up, bitch. Anyway, Liv, What describes your week? That that describes yeah. my week. What? Me recycling my was card. Oh yeah. No, I've been quite sick this week, Um, to be honest. (laughs) Friday, Thursday and Friday were pure pain. (laughs) Yeah, because we, me and Liv
1: always leave our like shit you should care about work work. Most Mm. of it is just gorgeous, fun, love. Some of it we work with really cool partners. Yeah. Which means Liv has to create and I have to copy. And and we both leave it for like, oh, we do. And the last minute. Yeah,
0: everything just gets in the way. And then we're, because we're a small company, we can't really take sick days no. because, like, you're the only one that can do your job. It's, like, obviously, like, I'm, like, napping in between yeah. and whatever. Well, you can plan a sick day. You can plan a sick day you for sure. You manage your own load. Yeah, exactly. So I hadn't managed my load well, <laughs> apparently. And so... Does it um, sound
1: dirty now, too? <laughs> no. You you can, no. You can you can bona fide manage your own load.
0: While you're massaging your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my, oh my god. god.
0: Anyway, <laughs> to be continued right now. Yeah. So anyway, that was tough. <laughs> but she got her work done. But I got through but it. She was sick. And I'm feeling a lot better at a really nice chill weekend. Nice one. And here we are. Just gotta just gotta find ways to pay for my life now.
1: Yeah, true. Um just getting you podcast postcard. Yeah. Honestly, right, we have a really special first half of the episode today. First, I'm going to do a naughty or nice, naturally. Who would we be if we didn't do that? And next, we have a segment that's actually brought to you by Hello Period, who we're obsessed with because, as you know, Liv and I have been on this journey to cut cut some plastic out of our lives. I'll be keeping my EFOS card, (laughs)
0: Liv. I'm just going above and beyond at Going above and beyond.
1: So, And cutting anything that's, like, not... That sustainable, including period products, out. So we're trying to use you know sustainable ones, and they've just released period undies. Anyway, we have some really funny stories, um, from them that I'm going to oh, share. Oh, they're actually iconic. No, they, they are, are iconic. so funny. So, um, first Liv, Let me let me talk to you about naughty or nice. So there is going to be an Amy Winehouse.
0: Now, did we decide it was biopic? I think biopic rather yeah. than.
1: Biopic, biopic which sounds like um a robot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: An Amy Winehouse yeah. biopic. Well, there is
1: a hologram of her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, okay. So, it's not I'm not going to lie.
1: We should be We should be making TikToks of what goes on in no, here this shit. Would be fire. And just having something covering our face. Yes. So like everything. No, just, as ambiguous as fuck. It would actually be so funny because I'm not going to lie. Sisker is now on TikTok, but in a really weird, small way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually seen it. Don't, I need to go no. On. It's just me throwing as much shit at the wall as I can and seeing what sticks. I saw your ones with, like, the eyes blinking. Yeah, yeah. that's the, all I can do. It's because yeah. we want to stay, you know? Safe. So I could tell it was you by
0: your <laughs> your small mouth. Liv's a bitch. She a small
1: mouth. I've also got a really small mouth. Bonafide love has a small mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, so does Liz. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> there is going to be an Amy Winehouse... Pick. <laughs> um which making movies out of celebrities' lives seems to be like the ra- oh the rage at the moment It eh? seems to be the vibe. I went to see Alvis again, and after our podcast mm-hmm. episode, which was actually really good, um, with some context. Yes. Anyway, so we are getting one about our beloved Amy Winehouse. Now, Liv at uni and um, our friend Ellen were
0: obsessed with yeah, Amy. We got absolutely yeah. obsessed. After seeing the Amy documentary, yeah, which I would recommend watching Hell because yeah. I feel like this biopic will be quite different.
1: This will be different. Um, there were some sensational headlines uh-huh, about this okay. about how Amy Winehouse's dad was going to be like creating it, mm-hmm. but what it actually is. So a bunch of people have wanted to make documentaries yeah. on Amy Winehouse, and most of them have been not like. Not had the blessing from Amy's estate, like from her dad, who Mm -hmm. is a douchebag, right? He's a bona fide (laughs) douchebag. He is a bona
0: fide douchebag.
1: So this film um, is going to be called Back to Black, and it's going to be directed by Sam Taylor-Johnson, the director of Fifty Shades of Grey, which is random. Unique. Unique. Also one of Amy's friends. Oh, okay. So the difference with this one is that Mitch, Amy's dad, is like... Backing the film in terms of he he's given it his blessing. He's not creating it per se, but it it means a few things in my head. It means that they'll probably get access to a lot of Amy's personal shit, which is like, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Would she have wanted it? It's kind of like, our, mm. is it ethical to release an artist's music artist oh, music when they Absolutely, they're
0: dead? yeah. Because I know that Amy Winehouse had a whole lot of like notebooks, and, yeah. Like, she was very much one of those people that recorded everything
1: yeah and mark ronson who wrote um some of her biggest songs with her Mm -hmm. has actually been quite cool on tiktok he has like his notebooks that amy's like jotted in and stuff and he's slowly but quite respectfully releasing like this is what she was like as we were writing this she did this in one take she was incredible like cool stuff there and so yeah so this this biopic is going to be made um by her friend But because it has, like, the blessing from her estate, it does make me think that they're probably going to profit a bit off of it. and
0: you do wonder what the narrative will be. Exactly,
1: because that's what, especially her dad, has hated about the last biopics about her or documentaries about her is that they've sort of been outing the dad for being a douchebag exploiter of Amy and her talent. So, again, this will be Mm. something to take with a pinch of salt because... Yeah, it's got the blessing of the estate, but also it's being made by her
0: friends. And, I don't know. I don't this know. I'm really intrigued. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So am I. So that's. I can't tell. I actually can't tell if that's naughty or nice. Like, I think Amy Winehouse if needs to be somehow like revered celebrated because
0: well yeah I celebrated there there was a really beautiful photography book that came out that was taken by one of her friends Mm. um and it was her like in her prime because when you see Amy when she's about 24 she's stunningly beautiful like a whole lot of life there's a really amazing Jonathan Ross interview with her when Mm. she's first kind of like you know releasing music and then she just deteriorates within three years and passes yeah. away so she goes downhill so fast and i think we all remember that side of her yeah. not the yeah. beautiful side of her yes. that came before the drugs yeah. and everything
1: so depending on how it goes that could be nice it could be nice and it could bring a whole lot more young people like to know totally. what she was about yeah but then also i don't know if it's if, if yeah. you can see that a lot of stuff's missing or that certain people are profiting then maybe it's naughty but i guess we just have to we'll and just see we will
0: We will. Now, on to,
1: I've called this segment, like, the period dramas. Because, you know, period dramas, like Bridgerton, like, Downton Abbey. Oh, Are yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And then also, like, period dramas is in, we're as doing in this w- with
0: Hello Period. Genuine and genuine bleeding dramas. dramas.
1: The bleeding dramas. And because when we asked, like, at the start of the year for stories, I just feel like we had stories to boot. Everyone was sending them in. Everyone ha- like everyone
0: has a story. This is what I find weird: is I don't really have a period story. Same. And like everyone seems no, to have a period you do. story
1: about a tampon. Oh, <laughs> getting stuck in you, and we don't have. Yeah, to go okay, into we that. don't have to
0: go into that. No, I do apparently. And yep. Love does.
1: <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> so love's had a few stories, but we've gotten through, and especially with these Hello Period products, I feel like Liv and I have grown. We're so much more in touch
0: with ourselves. Oh, so much more. Like, if you want a way to get used to yourself down there, get to know yourself, honestly... Period cup. Period cup. Just... Yeah. Just, like, get up in there, see what it's all about. Yeah. You'll love
1: it. You Honestly, it'll change your MFing life. Mm -hmm. And you will feel, and rightly so, like, on your high horse about using sustainable products. I think that's a huge thing. So... For the next few months, every now and again we're gonna be popping in with some period dramas because obsessed. Today's one, I've sort of selected a few with a the theme around tampons. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read some out to you. And some of these are on our Instagram, and I just can't believe it. Okay, so I didn't know how to use a tampon, so I wore it like a hot dog in a bun for a year. <laughs> like, just that's such a beautiful way of putting it as well. Wow. So- like a hot dog and a black like, and American hot dog, obviously, everyone. just like, and that's kind of I want to say it's kind of fair, but yeah, I, who it's kind was of doing fair? the
0: educating there? I don't know. I think that's what I thought sex was when I was like, seven, yeah,
1: you just <laughs> rub it <laughs> okay, okay, this this episode has gone unique. <laughs> um, okay, this one I loved. I unwrapped a tampon in a public restroom, and a child in another still said, "How come she gets a snack?" <laughs>
0: This is my favorite. I, know. I think this is fucking iconic. Like whoever that kid was, yes. If that was, <laughs> if that was your child, like, well done, well done, snaps for you.
1: But like, teach them, um, buy them a period cup and not tampon when they're ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm 31 and I just learnt how to use an applicator tampon properly. I'd been putting the plastic part up there and ripping off the applicator. <laughs> so like, you know. I, Applicated tampon, which, yeah. first of all, unnecessary plastic, massively.
0: So she was, like, doing it upside down? No, so I no. think,
1: like, what had happened is she was putting, like, the whole tampon covered mm. in that plastic hard casing Mm-mm-mm. up and then just ripping out the, um like, thing that you push in, yeah, the yeah. long stick. So it was just in there in the plastic. But oh. what happens when that... It yeah. needs to absorb, just literally. I don't that know. Talk about uncomfortable. Listen to this. First time I put a tampon in, I was on a school trip to Morocco. First of all, bougie. Mm. I put my foot up on the loo, and it slipped into the toilet, which was
0: blocked. No nightmare situation. Like, that's actually... Like, gross. what do you do? Like, like, does that mean that your foot has shit all over it? Well...
1: <laughs> maybe just period blocked. Oh. She says nothing about shitting well, in
0: this. But the toilet you know, like Someone else had blocked it before. Yeah, and her. why
1: would the toilet be blocked? Well, maybe because people were flushing their period products, which first of all, they shouldn't be doing. True. Or because there was a
0: giant turd in there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the first thing that came to my head. And I'm like, poor girl, she's got shit in a bit now. Yeah, actually disgusting, love, you sicko. <laughs> no.
1: And the next one... I'd never used tampons before, and I tried them for the first time. But I didn't read the instructions. I walked around awkwardly with just the
0: tip in for a few hours. What? (laughs) Can't pull your pants (laughs) up because (laughs) it's it's like poking out. Gotta get drop crotch. (laughs) No,
1: (laughs) you gotta get your Thailand genie pants on. (laughs) Just (laughs) drop crotch (laughs) pants. Like, how are these people wearing these normal pants when they got their (laughs) periods? (laughs) how you wearing jeans no like, i'm <laughs> confused should the jeans like when you do them up would just force the damn one in there. Yeah. anyway we are here with some solutions these people uh, are amazing you're all amazing Thank everyone you. that's sent in a story is iconic mm. um but we're here to help as per because you know that this is a um what a life
0: advice podcast <laughs> first and foremost <laughs> absolutely because lucy and i know everything (laughs) we know
1: everything i will start off by saying i've got my period now and i've just started using the period undies from hello period which i am obsessed with the fact that they've released these because for some people for whatever reason a period cup doesn't work or Mm. a disc doesn't work or they're not ready for it i think if i was a kid And I had period undies. That would have been
0: game-changing. Oh, absolutely game-changing. You just feel so much more secure. Yeah. Like, when it's all scary. Like, as we said before, like, you do really get to know yourself. Yes. You know, when you're putting whatever whatever up there. So this is kind of just, like, bypassing that.
1: Yeah, literally. And so I've been wearing them to bed mostly And they are amazing. Like, you wake up in the... Like, you know, I've got bed threads sheets. I've just got them. I'm not willing to have a leakage. No, absolutely not. And so it was a bold move to test these out in my new bed threads. And no leakage. You can't even tell that you've had... I mean, I get quite a light flow at night, so it was sort of a good time to test because I don't really have that much. But I woke up in the morning, you can't even tell that you've like had your period. And they're sexy. Oh, they're fucking cool. So mine's so fucking cool. Pink with like red, like velvety, mm. like lacy, high
0: waisted, really gorgeous. Really, really gorgeous. And level cool. yours black. Mine are black, like yeah. the same sort of high waisted style with a little bit of lacy. Yes. Yeah. And like
1: honestly and okay, we're gonna talk about this later, but we have a discount code, so you should really go and get um some period undies are fucking cool. Yeah. 15% off. You just type in shit shit year. S-H-I-T-Y-E-A-H at the checkout. But you really should get them, Liv. So I'm on the period undies band- bandwagon.
0: Yeah, I'm huge so way. excited. I think this is going to be a game changer for me. I haven't had my period yet since having the undies. think it's going to be next week. Yep, I will keep you all informed. But I have been using the Hello Disc. Love. Which... It, okay, I'm not going to lie. It looks intimidating. Yeah. It's pretty, like, big, but it's really, really thin, so you can just, like, kind of squish it manoeuvre up, there. It up yeah, there. Manoeuvre it up there. Yeah, manoeuvre it up there. And for those of you with a long cervix yes. like me, you can just drop down, like, the little tag. Yes. And so there's no stress about getting it out. It's so, so, so much easier to get out. You'd literally just, like, hook your finger up there, pull, and you're good to go. It's
1: like a little um, rubbery... Um, bottle cap almost. Yeah. I mean not bottle cap. Um tab that's on the top of like cans of Coke yeah,
0: or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's literally. a big rubbery one. Yeah. So you can't miss it. Like yeah. it's there, it's easy, it's much easier than the little like kind of nub that yeah. you get at the yes. end of a period cup. But Ruby loves the period cup. Yeah, I love so, the period cup. Yeah, I think just depending on you and your body and what you prefer, there's options for everyone. And
1: there is no need for all of these tampon stories that we've just heard to be happening anymore because truly, and a huge part is, like, they're so easy to dispose. I mean, you don't have to dispose of them, for one. They're so easy to deal with. You can reuse them. Period undies. They hold, like, the equivalent of, I think, like, four to six single-use sanitary products. It's honestly amazing for me they can last all day because have quite a light flow it's yeah. honestly
0: game changing oh my god so game changing and you just like rinse them out with water chuck them in the washing machine yes. and you're good to go good
1: to go yeah and you can dry them you can wash them dry them like all fine so yes as I said before you should you really should go and get yourself a, a pair of period undies or a hello cup or a hello disc you can use our code shit year for 15% off any pair of hello undies Amazing. You, you just gotta visit HelloPeriod.com. Easy as that. We'll put Easy all of this that. in the show notes as well so that you don't have to miss out. Now live into the main event today. Yes. Celebrities or musicians, rather. And we're seeing a few of them look after their mental health sort of before looking after their career at the moment, which is well it's which, actually hand
0: in hand. It's game changing. Yeah. Like this is This is wild because it's been such a long time coming. Um, So I think we should start with why we're talking about it, which is because artists like Shawn Mendes and Tom Misch, to name like a few out of the many, have started cancelling their tours because of the mental health implications that touring has had on them. And they just can't carry on with this sort of gruelling schedule, which is what artists have been having to do for literally like, A hundred years. Yeah, well, since touring, really. Yeah, Yeah. since, like, the 40s or 50s or whenever touring started, right? Like, what we expect musicians to go through to deliver, you know, these amazing performances is just so unrealistic. Mm. So I was actually meant to go and see Tom Mish on Thursday with my brother, and it came out that he would canceled the tour, I think it was, like, a week before he was meant to come. And obviously, like, my first reaction was fuck like are you kidding like this sucks like you know we've been waiting so long for international musicians to come to New Zealand you know these tickets are expensive you you buy them ages in advance so it's obvious that you're going to be disappointed right but then you actually start to think about it and you think about how many musicians have like to not be dramatic died Mm. you know within the industry because of the pressures of the industry turning to drugs and alcohol and like Kind of putting this side by side, your disappointment of not being able to see them for that night Mm. just like pales in comparison. So, there was actually an Australian study done on the state of the music industry's mental health in 2022 by the Centre for Social Impact. And over 1,300 musicians were, or people working in the industry, because I guess it's not just musicians, it's, you know, the It's the roadies, it's everyone involved, the marketers, whatever. Um, So they were surveyed about their working conditions, um, lack of job security and exposure to bullying and unwanted sexual attention within the industry, all kind of relating to poor mental health, right? So the findings were actually fucked mm. 66% of participants in the survey had high or very high levels of psychological distress which is more than four times the general population mm. so like this is just awful This was more common among non-binary people, 83% Mm. saying that they were in high levels of psychological distress, 72% of women, and then people under the age of 35, that was 75% of people um, alongside 81% of people with a disability or long-term health condition and people with low income in the music industry, that was 81%. So this is like a majority of the people in the music industry are struggling And then 35% have reported a current mental health condition, which is almost two times what it would be in the general, um, like, Australian population. And then over half, so 54% of people in the survey had said that they had used drugs or alcohol to help with stresses of life over the past two years. 25% said that they had tried to cut down but were unsuccessful. And 17% said their drug and alcohol use had impacted their ability to function well at work or in other activities. That's huge. 50%.
1: That's what I was going to say earlier on, Mm. was that, People, yes, have been touring for years and years and years and we love to see it and we rely on it. And like, you know, all the classic rock bands would go on these first American tours and then they'd like go worldwide or vice or, you know, maybe from the UK or whatever. And the reason we probably find it easy to be like, well, they could do it in the old days. We're just sensitive now. Is like, no, in the old days... They were all self-medicating. They were all they were, self-medicating. They some were of them all didn't make it past 27. A no, lot of, you know. The 27 yeah. Club.
0: Where did that come from? The fact that we are pushing our artists. Like, they're not inherently... This whole bullshit thing of, like... Tortured you know, artists. Tortured artists and musicians have to be sad and they're just innately sad people and whatever. It's like, no, they're just experiencing, like, crazy high highs and crazy low lows. And that's just not normal for a human brain. Like, the human brain can't handle that sort of, like... The love you get for
1: an hour versus... Versus
0: going home and feeding your cat. Like, you know, that the mundane starts to seem really just what's the point sort of thing. And so, yeah, it it isn't that we're getting more sensitive. It's that we're starting to actually talk about it, which is great and we're... Within the past few years, I guess, a lot of it's to do with COVID and the fact that a lot of people have been really struggling with their mental health and COVID and then not touring for years, coming out, trying to tour, realising that it's just so much more gruelling than they remembered. And I think
1: it's – I know what you said, that this study was, what, about four times higher than the general population. population. But I also think – It's, if you were then to go back and talk to the general population, it's just a trend we're seeing in everyone. Mm. I think musicians, obviously, there's a smaller group of them and they're on this wild one schedule and two level of people being obsessed with them. Mm -hmm. But even, like, your day-to-day person in any industry, Mm -hmm. if you actually went and spoke to any industry... For sure. Like... This isn't just No, it's not. Music. It's
0: probably that it's not getting reported. Like, yeah. obviously, they've gone out, they've found these people to be, like, asking them directly how's yep, your exactly. mental health. If you did that with the normal population, yeah. it would probably be a lot higher than you think it would be. Yeah. A hundred percent. I guess with touring, like, if you think about what a tour consists of, it's, like... Lack of sleep, grueling travel, like, you know, always in different time zones, then being expected to deliver these, like, magical nights over and over again, giving all of your soul to the audience, like, dancing, singing, Mm. like, that's emotionally and physically exhausting, and... It was actually interesting because when I was talking about the high highs and the low lows, there's actually a term called post-performance depression or PPD. So this is a quote from a mental health professional, John C. Buckner. This was in The Guardian. When the body experiences major shifts in mood, it is flooded with several different neurotransmitters resulting resulting in a feeling of ecstasy after these moments the nervous system needs time to recalibrate itself to prepare for another release after an exciting performance the body starts to balance out the level of neurotransmitters and therefore it's not releasing the same level that caused the excited feelings which results in like lingering sadness so in normal day life like our body can kind of like balance out these highs and these lows but with people with ppd the process is much more extreme in their body like actually just can't handle it
1: and that's like on the other side that's like when people get post-concert depression which is a real thing going to see someone you love you're that high for three hours yeah and then you come out and you're like tomorrow or the next month I'm not going to be able to match any of that. Any of
0: that feeling. And imagine being the person on stage, having thousands of people screaming at you, feeling like a fucking god, Mm. and then going back to your day-to-day life where someone's telling you to, like, put your washing out or whatever.
1: Even I get that, like, if I do a speaking event after the Harry Styles mm, listening party. Yeah. Not to the extent of, like, people are – or even, you know, I get so many gorgeous responses to the newsletter, and then my day-to-day life I'm suddenly, like – Okay. So when everyone isn't there just gassing me up all the time because I don't love that. mm. Like, how
0: do I make sense of just
1: going to work and answering emails?
0: Literally, or just like having a morning coffee and that being the most exciting thing of your day. Like So these it's it's
1: unnatural. I reckon um like Billie Eilish, Mm -hmm. there's been videos of her recently. She's been touring and Mm -hmm. she's been like Like, happy on stage, but also crying on stage. And she's like, I don't know what's happening. And it's like, Billy, you've been touring for so long to these crowds that are, like, no one matches them. You're exhausted. And you're,
0: like, crying on stage because you can't... You can't kind recalibrate. Of, yeah, like, exactly. Recalibrate these feelings and emotions because it's a really, really unnatural place to mm. be. So when you're doing that, what well, they do like 50 tours in a mm. row, right? Like, like with, 50 shows? But yeah, yeah, sorry, 50 shows in a row in a single tour. And they're flying everywhere. Like, imagine that concoction of feelings and emotions and exhaustion, it just is a recipe for a mental yeah. breakdown. So then when we are seeing these artists come out and being like, look, my mental health just isn't there right now, like just have a little bit of empathy because, which I think most of us yeah. do, and I think we all actually would much prefer our favourite artists to be open and to not go to rehab or whatever mm. um, and cancel their show instead. Like most people are very happy to do that, I think, it's just, you know, with those feelings of disappointment, it yeah. was it was interesting because my brother, obviously he was going to go to Tom Mish with me and so were some of his friends and him and his mate was having this conversation. And I think his mate said something about like, you know, but it is his job. Like it's mm. obviously, you've got to be professional. You've got to show up to what you book yourself into. And yes, to an extent, but I think we totally forget that their job is totally unnatural. It's not like you're nine to five, mm. right?
1: It's also a privilege to be doing that as a job. It is a privilege, yeah. And I will say some musicians would be able to handle this and love it and have the best, you know, this is their bread and butter. Mm -hmm. Touring fills their cup and doesn't overflow or doesn't then tip it out. Like this, we're coming very doom and gloom, but it's because we're seeing like, you know what we're seeing yeah. and what, you know, the report says. But that is a really interesting comment, Liv, of um, it's their job because also is touring sometimes in addition to the job? Like, you know, the album and the writing and all that could be the job and I touring think is, like, touring, above
0: and beyond? I think touring, it is above and beyond, but it's also where most of the money comes mm. from for musicians. So I think a lot of musicians would actually kind of cut the touring, mm. but because they're paying so many people, you know, like FKA Twigs came out in the pandemic and said, I was going to have to re-mortgage my house. Mm. Like this, she was like, I've got a huge team and I'm going to keep paying them until I can't. Mm -hmm. And I'm waiting for that next like opportunity to play live music Mm -hmm. to actually get the ticket sales so I can stay afloat as a business, which I think we also forget because it's not just like, oh, FKA twigs, she's just paying for herself. She's Mm -hmm. paying for probably... 50 to 100 people on her team right so yeah it's a really interesting position that they're in that they have to do this crazy touring to stay afloat in their business or they're pushed by their labels Mm. that's another kind of part of the conversation is who's getting the money from these tours and everything but I think what is really important is speaking out about this like Shawn Mendes and Billie Eilish Mm. has been pretty vocal and Tom Mish and all of these people because it's like surely there's a better way to do this like surely there's a way where like you're doing half the shows in your tour you make sure that you've got Mm. the food the the sleep schedule the like you know the doctors on hand or whatever and I'm sure a lot of people are starting to have these but it's like making it the norm in the industry that it's no longer this kind of like rock and roll lifestyle right like because that doesn't actually help anyone it causes a lot of Early deaths, it causes a lot of drug and alcohol addiction and just a whole lot of problems. So I think it's amazing that things are starting to shift. Did you see
1: um, any videos of Sticky Fingers who have just been on their recent tour? No. Dylan Frost, who is quite the troubled front man of Sticky Fingers, I just saw on TikTok sort of before we came in here, mm. and he, like... I don't even know how far into the set he was, not very far, like pushed over his mic and then threw his guitar, stormed off stage. Oh, God. And because they sort of broke up and then came back for this tour and um, he then went on Instagram because fans were just, I think they weren't upset that he went off. off, I think they would have rathered he had not gone on if he was in that state of mind and maybe not been so violent because also, you know, even if you don't want to be a role model, there's a lot of people in the crowd watching you, like, hiff your guitar for on, on sure. stage. For sure. And so then he went um, on to Instagram and said, hey, it's Dizzy here. I'm really sorry for last night in Melbourne. I've been working hard on myself and will continue to prioritise my health, but I still let a lot of you down. I want to apologise to the fans and my band, our crew, and the venue staff. The tour has been amazing so far and we wanted to end it big, but I just didn't have it last night and I lost control. So, I mean, it's just interesting that mm. as soon as – we started thinking about this topic to talk about to everyone, suddenly all these things were happening yeah, where I was like... Yeah, starting to
0: come up in the media yeah, and you're, you're seeing it all over the place. And now I'm just like, these people's mental... Like, it's shocking. Well, I mean, Dylan Frost has schizophrenia, so mm. he obviously has to look after himself yeah. much more than the average person. And again, it's like, do they have, you know, the things in place to help someone with that condition? Hopefully, but from the yeah. looks of it, you know, like,
1: and then if it's something they love doing as well, it's like,
0: because I'm sure so post.
1: many, so many musicians
0: are love doing it to themselves, tor- and they're like, I need to go out on stage, you know, I'll run myself yes, ragged.
1: I love my fans. Yeah, like, I'm sure they genuinely are, because I reckon that would be a hard thing to grapple with. You oh. don't want to let these people down and you genuinely love it, but it's not good for you. And then it's the whole
0: like self-care thing, yeah. isn't it? There was a really good quote by a musician in this Guardian article um, and she was asked whether the music industry like is waking up to the strain that it may be inflicting on the artists. And she says, I hope so. When you're young, people tell you that if you don't do something, it's the end of your career. But it's not. People are fragile. Our brains are fragile and you can only abuse them for so long. The sad thing is that some people can't take themselves out of these situations when when it is a manager's responsibility to go, Hey, I think we need to take a break. Um, I would like to think that an artist's mental health is taken into consideration more now. We've had enough people die, quite frankly, Mm. which I thought was good. Um, And obviously that's coming from her perspective of like maybe more the managers pushing her to do shows rather than it coming from herself to Mm -hmm. be like, I can't let these people down, which obviously people feel to an extent, but I guess it's like, where's your bar?
1: Yeah. One sort of final example on that just you saying that mm-hmm. One Direction were in this terrible contract Ooh. which meant that they had to do like five tours and five albums in five years or something like that I mm. think or four four tours four albums four years and then Harry Styles now when he goes on tour doesn't drink and like does because he I think they were all just fucking burnt out they were partying, partying. they were locked into this thing that they didn't even really like the music they were writing by the end of it and so now you can sit in the show's and his love for the thing seems to be so much better for it now. He's in his own contract, and it's just—it's just always interesting to pull back the curtain and see people as people rather than like for
0: <laughs> sure. Oh, these absolutely. People with. Yeah, instead of these gods that can do anything, and like you know the whole dance monkey. Like, yeah. go now. Dance, you yeah. Go. yeah, yeah, you go, you do it for me. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Bringing that level of empathy is really important. So I think that's the conversation wrapped up. But of what is on your radar? Um, okay, so first of all, this is very much on
1: my radar and love's radar. We have actually watched it and we are working to help roll this film out with Prime Video, but this is a very genuine on my radar and you should all go and watch it. Um, 13 Lives. love. do you remember when I
0: talked to you about the... Thai caves story where the 13 boys or the 12 boys and their coach were saved. Yes, I definitely remembered it. And then I kind of knew like the vague narrative of what happened, but... Because it's an incredible story.
1: And so Mm -hmm. now there is a film and it's called 13 Lives. And I was really worried at the start that it was going to take these headlines and this incredible story and make it
0: real Hollywood and real dramatic, but... It's actually fucking amazing. It's eh? fucking good. Like I was gripped. I came home and Ruby was watching it, and so I missed like the first ten minutes or something. But I was just there trying to work, and I was just looking up constantly. Like it had me gripped. Yeah. And and it's so true to the so actual story. So everyone, this is honestly you.
1: It's so good. You have to go and watch it. It's um. So it's called Thirteen Lives. It's on Prime Video from August the fifth. It's just, you can just watch it, I think, with a clear, like, conscience that it does the story justice and it does, like, the lives of all the Thai people and all the people from around the world that actually helped yeah. with
0: the real life evacuation and the acting's pretty phenomenal oh, it's I thought just fucking it's just good. like you're on the edge of your seat so good what's on your radar what's on my radar is Maggie Rogers' new album Surrender yeah. I've just started listening to it and I'm loving it so far I think I love the kind of like country I know. vibe that she's really got in there oh, I love it oh, so so Funky. so good can't wait to actually like get in there and know song from songs sort of thing but yeah that's that's it that's on your radar today I cool. think yeah.
1: well obviously we have to say a huge thank you to Hello Period for making this episode possible seriously go and get yourself some period undies honestly life changing or any period products but specifically period, period undies because you've got a discount code down below oh, also um, Love Island our finale episode is coming out tomorrow we're recording it a bit later so we can actually watch the damn finale also, I will have gone to the dentist by the next F. Also, we haven't done Dungeons and Dragons yet, but we're gonna be doing it soon. Also, I'm gonna get myself a new F S card
0: because I know you're all really stressed about
1: that. And also, thank you to our wonderful producer and dungeon master T.I. Heb Butler. And also, we'll see y'all next week. We will. Definitely. <laughs> Why are you
0: so like? Will we get? Will we? we will be here next week. <laughs> see you then. Bye
1: everyone.